Hello, everybody. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs. And today we're talking Manhattan, Johnny. And uh, I'm very, very proud to have uh, Stephen Dawson, Robert Rivera of the Dawson Rivera team over at Compass. Um, these guys do great production. These guys are active in the field. They tell it like it is, Johnny. It's the exact kind of character type I yeah. want for this show. Um, so let's let's just get right into it. Um, I think I'm going to go with Steve. Steve first. Um, High level. This market is changing. It's shifting. Do me a favor in your own words. Tell everyone what you see is going on in the front lines. Yeah, thanks, Noah, for having us. And, and I think the, the reality of the market is it's changing so quickly that it's really caught people off guard. And I think, it, we, you know, we work at all price points from studios to, you know, penthouses, townhouses, and the market has shifted so quickly in all of those uh, classes that I think you know, there's a little bit of a catch up in terms of what's going on uh, with pricing, um, days on market. And so we're actively working with our buyers saying, hey, look, you might have a little bit more negotiability now. And also our sellers saying, hey, look, you might have to be more negotiable. And so it's ever changing. I would say the high end of the market in the last couple of weeks, we've really seen slow down. And I think that's uh, directly due to the stock market and just what's happened uh, over the last month. Yeah. Yeah. We got like a negative stock market effect over here. Um, I mean, we have like these rising rates going on right now. I mean, do you feel like the market is still trying to find its way or do you think that it's showing any signs of maybe, all right, we shifted, we were there, now we're here, we've stabilized here, or we're still, again, we're moving. We're still trying to find our way. Yeah, I think it's 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 definitely um, a question of you know what price point and what inventory levels are like because talk about two bedrooms on the Upper West Side those are still moving incredibly quickly because there's no inventory mm -hmm. but if you talk about one bedrooms on the Upper East Side it's a different story they're a dime a dozen and they're slower so it really depends on on where and and the price point, I think. Um, and and there's there's definitely a level of stabilization, but I still think we're finding our way. It's yeah. too early to tell. Right, right. So Rob, let me let me shift to you because you know Steve talked about the market shift. So I'll ask you about how that shift is playing out and shifting conversations and specifically sell side conversations. I mean, how are you how are you talking to sellers right now, especially new sellers, talking about pricing today and how are you managing those expectations given you know what 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 steve was talking about which is that some markets have no inventory so it's a little bit easier to sell and some markets are struggling a little bit yeah it's it's a good question i think exactly what you said it's it's managing expectations uh you know i think we were we, we were shot out of the cannon in 2021 um, we saw things flying off the shelf bidding wars especially in, in neighborhoods in prime Brooklyn, Park Slope, Brooklyn Heights, Cobble Hill, um, and, in, and all throughout Manhattan. And as Steve said, things shifted very quickly. So, so the conversation we're having as sellers is we're just, we're not there right now. Um, and, and the idea of, of aspirational pricing, you know, of listing it here, hoping to get here, we're no longer there. So if, if you want to sell in this environment where there's just a lot of uncertainty, uh, it's it's the conversations we're having are, are really coming on and, and pricing things correctly. And we have we have a fair amount coming on over over the next couple months, and that's the conversations we've had with people. Uh, I also think there's 
you know, because of the limited inventory, there's also a flight to quality right now. Mm. Um, so a, a conversation that we're having with a lot of our sellers is what can you do to prepare your apartment to make it stand out? Normally we would not advise someone renovating and putting a lot of money in before listing the property. But now the conversations we're having are, all right, maybe we should change out that kitchen countertop or put in a new backsplash, you know, definitely stage to place. Um, it, it's important to stand out now. Exactly. Right. And so, so I could just follow up on that. I'm just curious, are, are, are you finding sellers at all surprised at what, what their value might be or what the days on market you're suggesting might be these days? I think they are. Um, I, I'm finding that because there's not a lot of inventory, uh, as a result, they're saying, well, look at my property. You know, there's mm -hmm. not a lot that compares to this. There's really right. nothing. So why, you know, we're getting the showings, we're getting people in. I still feel like there are people out there looking and being active, um, yeah. but not a lot of people are, are actionable. I'm, I'm finding it's a lot of window shopping right now. So I think it is, it's kind of giving sellers hope on one end um, and they're getting people in the door but we're not, we're not getting the offers. Hey Rob, I wanna stay on this sentiment one second before I go to the yeah. next question here. Um, and, and you said actionable, right? They're not being actionable. That's interesting. Yeah. So in my mind, okay, there's two big thoughts um, that sellers are thinking about. Number one, should I wait this out? Do I sell now? Do I list now? It's June 29th. We're about to go into July 4th holiday weekend. And then we got July and August, which, and September, I guess. Um, or do I wait, right? Um, and we don't know what the market's gonna be like in three months. Um, or do I consider renting this thing if I can? So I, I, are these things that sellers are considering right now or, or, or not really? Because logically that makes sense. Yeah, Rental part at least. Yeah, I mean, I think Noah, to your point, the sellers are making all of those kind of decisions and thought processes. And I think it really depends on the price point. So high end, there's not necessarily the motivation or need to sell. They, you know, they might want to sell, but not at any price. Um, and, you know, they might not want to rent, but at the, at the kind of sub 4 million uh, category, renting is a great option. If, yeah. if you are in a condo and you can rent your apartment out for, you know, 25, 30% more than you could a year or two ago, yeah. um, you know, that's a great option if the, this, this market for sale is slowing, which it is. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're having those conversations and, and, and trying to really advise the, the best course based on the property and, and, the, and the client. Yeah, so yeah, that's so, four million mark. Sorry, John. Mm -hmm. That four million. That, that four million mark. That's the key. That's that's where you're seeing kind of. All right, it makes it works down here, but it doesn't really kind of work up here. No, I think the four million mark is just in Manhattan where we are defining as a the high end of the market, right? So I think gotcha. the 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 logic and the thought process changes on the, the ultra high end, especially where you know, yes, maybe they could rent their apartment but maybe they don't want to, right? I mean, gotcha. they just want somebody else coming in for a year or two and messing up a very high-end renovation that then they have to fix when they do end up selling versus somebody who's not as, you know, call it precious about the apartment and just really wants that return. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. And that's that's something that, not to, not to continue this point too long, but I think it's a great point that not a lot of folks necessarily take into account, which is that if you're all set up and ready to sell and you decide to rent, you're right, you're bringing an unknown equation and then your apartment might not, whatever your, whatever your lease term is, two years, one year, two year, it might not be the same apartment ready to sell after that, that, that period of time. That's a, that's a great point. Um, Steve, if I could shift, I just want to talk about price reduction. And can you talk us, tell us, walk us through some price reduction strategies uh, in yeah, the market so, right now, especially if you have like stubborn sellers? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and as I mentioned before, with the market changing as quickly as it did this spring into now summer, um, it's caught us as agents, sellers off guard in some respects where, you know, we would maybe we went into the marketing strategy feeling very confident on pricing. And now we have to do an about face and say, look, like the reality of it is we had a deal, it fell apart. We haven't had any offers. Um, and, and, and I think the, the proof is in the pudding. So uh, a quantifying for our clients, look, this is how many showings we've had. We've had two offers that didn't work out. We've had zero offers and really just giving them the data so that they can understand where the market and really in each case, the sub-market that they fall within is operating and how many other deals are happening in that price point where are none happening. Um, because, yeah. you know, I think with a price reduction strategy, the worst thing you can do is reduce the price and have nothing happen. And, yeah. and so, you know, that's, that's just like the kiss of death. And so in a market like we're in now, I think it's, um, it, it's really, it's an art, of course, it's not a science in some senses, but it's deciding, does it make sense? Is that price reduction going to do what we want it to, which is to sell the property? Or are we going to just really be sitting there and nothing happening still? So yeah. it's, a, it's a very fluid situation, I would say. At this point. Right. And, and that's a great point, because I think a lot of folks, a lot of agents, when they're ready to bring a property to market, right, it's you're getting everything set up. Perhaps there's a there's a broker preview. Maybe there's a sushi lunch, right? You're, you're trying to build this anticipation. So when that market, when that apartment hits, especially in the last year or so, when there's been a lack of inventory, right? It gets that attention pop. And I'm right. curious, after a price reduction, especially in this market, how can you recapture buyer attention, especially, you know, given the context that inventory is, you know, it's building, albeit slowly, but the market shifted. And I'm just curious if there's a, if there's a way aside from price reduction, you can, you can still grab attention. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really good question and it's something we grapple with constantly. I feel like a price reduction has to be strategic in the sense of the amount um, when you're doing it and how it's communicated to the market. Um, and all of those things have to come together to really create that bump again of interest. And so, you know, the thing that I think happens a lot in our businesses, we as agents get scared to ask for the, the, the big price reduction that we honestly need based on the market conditions. Yeah. And so it's really, again, going back to the data and, and explaining and narrating the situation in a way that the seller really understands, okay, like if I'm going to do this, I should really do it. And let's maximize that price reduction. Whereas, like, just going down, oh, fifty thousand, you know, hundred thousand, depending on the price point, and then half of one percent, right? <laughs> just a little, you know. I mean, just, you can't point. tickle it. You can't tickle something yeah, like this. Yeah, exactly. You need to go scratch it and dig deep and get in there. You know, I, you know, sellers. I got to tell you, um, I can imagine the confusion on sell side. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure they see what's going on out there. 
but um, they're also looking at comps from mm -hmm. December, January, February, yeah. March that are closing. And maybe they see something in their building that's relevant to them. And like, uh, this guy just got two and a half. What do you mean? I'm only getting two right now. Or, or there is no bid right now. I don't understand. Um, yep. And I always thought, um, you know, the price reduction, right? This conversation. Um, this is one of those things that sellers want to know about, but they never ask. Because why would they ask a broker and, and, and have you, you know, have them, I want the broker to sell it. I want them to sell it at my asking price. I don't want to talk about a price reduction, but they always think deep down inside is like, all right, all right. If I do have to do a price reduction, how much do you think I'm going to have to do? And when do we do it? And I always thought that conversation um, is best to have right in the beginning, right, right yeah. in the beginning of the listing, because, you know, Hey, listen, we priced this thing wrong. We priced this thing wrong. Here's what it, day 48, you know, and 4.8% or something like that. That's what sellers are doing to get deals done. You know, but enough with sellers, enough with sellers. All right, <laughs> sellers are going to have to deal with their own. You know what? You know, we put out sales calls, right? If you heard it, you heard it, but sellers are going to have to deal with this shift. And if you're selling in the next 90 days, you got to make some serious decisions. Um, let's go to buyers. I want to ask buyers real quick. I'll keep this open for either of you guys. What are your buyers thinking right now? They're feeling a little more empowered, I would say, even with, uh, Stock market volatility, even with rising interest rates, um, you know, and, and many other headwinds that we're facing in New York, I think they're they're starting to feel the tide shift a little bit. Uh, the buyers I'm working with, um, and they're, you know, they're seeing inventory open up a little bit, depending on where they're looking. So I, I definitely think there's there's more positivity than there has been on the buy side. I still don't think with a lot of the buyers we're working with, I don't think that urgency is there unless there is an immediate need to move, you know, like you need a bigger place and you need to get out or, you know, your child's going to school on the Upper East Side and you need to move from Tribeca immediately. Like unless there's, so I, again, I still feel that the urgency is not there with buyers, even with, right you know, the, the looming interest rates going up further. Uh, but there's more positivity than, than there has been. Yeah, I mean, I, I would also just add that I just this morning, I was kind of thinking back about buyers who hadn't pulled the trigger, who either got frustrated by the market and sat on the sidelines or just really for one reason or another didn't end up buying. This is going to become a really good time for us as agents to reach back out to those buyers and say, hey, things are, cut, are right. swinging around in your favor. This could be a good time. Again, market dependent, right? Like if you're looking for, uh, I use this example because we've had a, a, a lot of experience with this lately, but a two bedroom on the Upper West Side. No, it's still very competitive. You know, you're not, you know, you're not getting that, um, that, that discount maybe. But if you're in a three bedroom condo, um, maybe there's a better opportunity now. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm glad you said it because I, I love this phrase buyer empowerment. I think that's exactly what's happening right now. I and, love and I don't and it's not that the prices have have really crashed or anything like that. I mean, the market's just a little bit slower and you're exactly right. Buyers have a chance to sort of see things on their own schedule, negotiate. Right. It's just they have some a little bit more power. It's great. Now, the next step, of course, is buyer liberation, in which case, you know, buyers are completely in control of the market. And I don't think we're there yet, but we have been hearing, and no, I think you've heard this too. And I'm curious, you know, Rob, Steve, if you guys have seen this, but, you know, buyers at the closing table saying, you know, 
the market shifted down. I'd like, I'd like a little bit of a credit because, you know, I, I'd like, you know, another 2% off. And I'm curious if that's, we have heard this and I think it's a little premature, but I'm curious if that's something that you've seen as well, either from the sell side or the buy side. It's, it's not something I've experienced at the closing table, yeah. but I do have a few contracts out right now. Um, two of them being at new developments where we are renegotiating our deal. Um, and we are, we, you know, even though we agree the contract terms, deal mm-hmm. sheet went out, we have gone back to the sponsor and we have said things have shifted uh, and we need a little bit more. We need a little bit more in closing costs and we want you to do a little bit of work in the apartment. And you know, there was a lot of pushback from the sponsor right. at first, uh, but now they're coming back to us um, and they're saying, okay, how can we, how can we work this out? Yeah, no, I, 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 this is such an amazing topic. And I just want to say, guys, listen, um, it's, it's great intel on the front lines, but not every developer is going to be in a situation to do this. So I don't want listeners right. to think, oh, this is a blanket statement. No, no, no. Right? no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very clear to say this kind of thing. And you know what? There's a risk. I want everyone to know um, you guys could negotiate and they may go sour, may go another way. Maybe the deal gets a little hairy. Who knows? That could happen. So um, if you can pull it out, Fantastic, but also know what the deal is you got in place. And you know what? I just want to reiterate something. Um, The buyer empowerment um, that Rob mentioned, I love that. And Johnny, the buyer liberation, I absolutely (laughs) love that. Because that is, if if you think about the message that we've been giving out, right? We've been giving sell calls out, but the message to the buyers was, guys, get get ready. Get ready. And now, like, if you're telling me that they're feeling empowered, you're telling me that they're getting interested, and you guys are, are obviously doing your job and your messaging correctly to tell them what's going on with the market because those are the ones that are going to pull the trigger when the blood gets on the streets. Yeah. And, and all the other buyers get a little afraid and step back and they miss it. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, one, one other point I, I would counter with is will there be blood on the street? Right. Like I think yeah. the fundamentals of this market are very different than previous downturns where we had a a huge supply that uh, needed to be absorbed. I don't think we're there. I I just, I I don't necessarily think that we are going to have that because this supply was absorbed so quickly in the last couple of years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sorry, Johnny, I know you have a question. And we did not see a parabolic 50, 60, 70% rise like the majority of other housing markets. And And we are not at full capacity. We're at, we're, and the rental market's back online now. Maybe that brings investors in. We're slowly getting back. So like yeah. we're, we're going to be moving forward in time, yeah. repairing and healing back to full capacity while the other markets have been. So, and we yeah. don't have international buyers. International yeah, buyers. We need now. them back online. That's going to be right. right. I mean, so that, that they haven't come back into the mix really yet no. in our opinion. Nope. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and that's a great segue. Let's talk about the rental market and the investor market, which includes you know, a lot of the international buyers. I'm just curious, you know, what that market's looking like, um, you know, from your point of view, we haven't seen any kind of uptick in um, investor sentiment toward New York City yet. It is, I mean, on the investor side, as someone who, you know, works with a fair amount of domestic and international investors as well, it has been quiet on the investor front. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll say we've have, you know, we had a multifamily in the village. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple more off market that we, that we market and there has been very little appetite and, and very little interest uh, from investors 
unless there's unless it's very appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the rental market is is I think we've seen a little bit it cool off a teeny bit, but that is still on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, we we don't handle a ton of rental inventory, but the ones that we have put on for clients and in, in condos and co-ops for rent uh, that that don't want to sell right now, uh, you know, we're we're typically renting it within a week or two of listing it. Yeah, I would say I would add one. I would add one kind of case study that I find interesting in the last year in the investor market is domestic investors selling portfolios in markets mm-hmm. that have gotten incredibly overheated and prices have doubled where, wherever. And that money coming into New York as a generational transition from one generation of, of that real estate family to the other, and they're selling in 1031 and into New York property. And we've had a couple of clients doing that. Yeah, um, and so, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying, and that's kind of maybe the one bright spot is domestic investors transitioning or selling portfolios in markets that have been super hot and bringing that money into New York. I love that play. I'm sorry. I yeah. couldn't contain myself. I almost, was, <laughs> yeah. I love, I that. Yeah. I love yeah. that play. And I mean, yeah, you, you know, we're going to get dragged into this, but um, relatively speaking, there's probably not going to be as violent a, a corrective force here. Um, listen, we're, we're getting running out of time, running out of time. All right, um, we're not going to have time for the final two questions, but I want to sneak the last question in because it's important. Okay, I know you guys do a lot of production, um, and thank you for sharing your insights um, and strategies. Let's end. Maybe there are agents out there that are less productive than you guys and are trying to find their way. Maybe they're new. Maybe they haven't experienced a slowdown before. So rather than waste time and have to learn a year from now, what could you tell? these categories of agents um, to do now that will help them down the road? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I come from the, the Tom Ferry world and, uh, you know, which was a, a, a fantastic program for me, especially when I was a new agent. And, you know, when I started, it was, it was a similar cycle. And I think, you know, this being in this market and in a buyer's as, as we're shifting into this market, um, it's great for agents and for outreach. You know, my, my advice is, uh, you know, make sure you're calling your database, uh, make sure you're talking to any buyers or directs you've met over the last two years that were maybe hesitant to purchase. This is a great time for them to enter the market. And I think it's just about market knowledge and consistent follow-up with, with the people you've spoken to. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I would just say, I, I got into the business during the Great Recession and you had to pound the pavement. You had to really work. And I think it's hard for a new agent right now who's gotten into the business during this uptick because it, it, it can seem like, oh, it's really easy to get clients and it has been and it's really easy to get things sold because it has been that's changing and so you have to use the market conditions as a cue to how to follow up with that network i think and and really take every opportunity you know i started working open houses for other agents that's how i built my business yeah. and you know if so if you're a new agent and things are slowing down reach out ask other agents if they need help um, because it's a great way to just be in the market experiencing what's happening while also networking. Yeah. 
These are, these are fantastic points. So if I could just summarize, I think both of you mentioned the idea of that personal touch with it, you know, whether you're out pounding the pavement or actually picking up a telephone, pushing numbers on that phone and speaking to another human being, right? That's sort of what you need to do in this damn market. And I also completely agree that just, you know, being out there and experiencing it is, is you need to understand it from a frontline position. These are awesome points. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would just add, um, you know, use this time to be an advisor, you know, don't be a broker, yes. be an advisor, let right. them, let them make their decision when the time comes, you guide them the right way and they will truly appreciate it um, yeah. at the end of the day. This has been awesome. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Steve Dawson. Thank you, uh, uh, Rob Rivera of the Dawson Rivera team over at Compass. Um, I hope you guys got a, a lot of actual insights out of this. Thank you, John Walkup. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We're both from Urban Digs and this has been Talking Manhattan and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys.